African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting. All right, thank you for joining us right here on Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue. We're just starting off our program today. Thank you to Onalintinti for that news update. Remember, around 11.45 Central African time, we'll also get our business news. And thereafter, we'll have uh, our uh, sports update. Well, today we're going to be looking at the chaos that's taking place at the Pan-African Parliament, as you heard there in our news bulletin. The Pan-African Parliament has suspended a vote on its presidency after it has already delayed by days of uh, uh, events of scuffling amongst members. The sessions were marred by members ending up manhandling each other over the issue uh, regarding rotation of new leadership. Uh, The PAP Secretariat spokesperson Jeffrey Oganganga says the suspension is indefinite and a date would be confirmed at a later stage. The session was supposed to run from the 21st of May to the 4th of June. Now the delay comes as a win for the Southern African caucus who refused to go ahead with the vote unless the process was reformed to a rotational presidency. Well, let's listen to this report by Noma Bolani, who was there uh, while all this madness was happening yesterday in Midrange, Johannesburg, South Africa. I want to start by informing the House that uh, on the request of honorable members, We have made some arrangements for extra security in the house. It has not been our custom to do so uh, because of the provisions that we operate on under the hosting agreement and also because it is not normally expected that the South African police will enter the chambers of an honorable parliament. A valiant effort by the Pan-African Parliament's clerk, Vipya Harawa, to ensure that the business of the day is achieved. The extra security, which was ordered by MPs to quell the violence and chaos that took over the sessions on Monday and last Thursday, did not even try to intervene on Tuesday. For a third time, the House descended into disarray after a Southern Caucus member, Zimbabwean MP Barbara Rodzi, who also sits on the ad hoc election committee, declared that the vote will not go ahead. not agreeing with proceeding with these elections because they are illegal and they are not in line with the AU decision. Also, with the letter that our only clerk is in possession of right now. As such... I do not agree with going ahead with these elections unless we observe and we follow what has been written to the clerk of this parliament. No debates. No, no the, uh, you are not, you are not in position to tell us anything. You are not in position to tell us anything. You are not. You are nothing in this part. The contention of the day was surrounding an apparent letter written to the clerk by the African Union's legal directorate over their opinion on what would constitute a legal election. When a member of the Southern Caucus stood up to read it, it worsened matters. Doctor, the legal counselor and director of the office of the legal counselor. You are now opening the debate. 
that we, we don't have a debate in our order of the day. We don't have a debate. We in fact, how authentic is this letter? Where the letter is not given to all members to go through it? Can you the commotion overwhelmed the presiding officers, forcing the clerk to suspend the session prematurely. Outside, SAMP Julius Malema called for the AU to intervene. Our biggest problem here is that people don't want rotation. They want to use their majoritarian to suppress the north and the south. If we get that right, which is in line with what the letter of the AU says, then there won't be a problem here. What we're proposing firmly is that this parliament must adjourn and come back in October with AU convening it. Not anyone, no interim leadership, no one. Let the AU come on its own in October and come and convene us here and then facilitate the elections. Former PAP president and Cameroonian MP Rajan Kodo Dang says they aren't resisting the rotation, but there still needs to be contestation. The Pan African Parliament is expected to resume back in October as the clerk suspended this session, which was set to wrap up on June 4th indefinitely. I'm Noma Polani in Johannesburg. Well, that report really unpacks the madness and just the uh, chaos that we saw yesterday at the Pan-African Parliament. Unfortunate in terms of uh, there seems to be a power struggle in that particular parliament where there are real critical issues that they should be working on on the ground. We were told that Vipia Harawa, clerk of the Pan-African Parliament, was supposed to have confirmed to be with us this morning. Apparently he's in a meeting and can't really get to us right now. Hopefully in the process of this particular hour we'll try uh, to get hold of him. Apparently the spokesperson of the Pan-African Parliament is trying to locate him at this very meeting. I'm not sure if that shows uh, some of the haphazardness of the functioning of the Pan-African Parliament. Well, let's get our analysts into this conversation. Victor Chipofia is with us, an independent political analyst. Santosh Venita Keilan is a member of uh, uh, parliaments uh, uh, in South Africa and a former member of the Pan-African Parliament. Let me start with you, Santosh. Thank you for giving us your time. Oh, it's a pleasure to be with you. Now, let's look at what happened yesterday, the drama that was actually unfolding in front of our eyes. As someone who's been part of the Pan-African Parliament, uh, what was your observation of what came out? Well, I think it was most unfortunate that uh, members sought to voice their uh, opinions and expressions in a very physical way. Um, it, it's not in keeping with how a member of parliament conducts themselves, and uh, it uh, really the decorum of the house deteriorated when a brawl broke out and there was use of fists and hands. Uh, and it's just unacceptable that uh, elected public representatives uh, behave in this manner. Mm. Now, let's look at what was being contended here. The issue of contention is around this rotational leadership. Why is this the case that we're seeing such a contention? Because one would have thought, because the Pan-African Parliament is not a new institution, this issue would have been dealt with. 
Well, um, you see, the Pan-African Parliament is an uh, organ of the African Union. Um, and initially, it was just a consultative body. In 2014, the heads of state signed the protocol in Malabo, which would give the Pan-African Parliament legislative powers. Now, it requires about 24 signatures before it can come into uh, uh, action. However, only 12 countries at the moment have ratified the protocol. Now, the Rules Committee was mandated from 2014 to start to amend the rules of the Pan-African Parliament to bring it in line with provisions of the Malabo Protocol okay. and to bring it in line with African Union position on rotation. And mm -hmm. the process started in 2014 and in 2017, the amendments to the current rules was debated. A motion by myself was put on the order paper and the motion of rotation uh, was debated and it was uh, a resolution of the House. Uh. So I cannot understand why the, the, the members of Parliament are refusing to put this principle of rotation back into place. It was there previously and then the, the previous uh, president did away with it and, and was thus able to stand two elections instead of one. Mm. So, uh, mm. so the, the amendment to the rules is already there. However, the North is, uh, is contending that those rules should mm. only come into play when the Malaba Protocol is ratified by 28 countries. Now, that's going to take a very long time. And uh, it, it's not in line with the AU position. And the mandate has already been given to the Rules Committee, and they've already carried out their work. So it's quite a simple matter, the mm. principle of rotation is quite a simple matter. However, the political agendas at play is now what is disrupting Parliament. We'll come back to those political um, yes. disputes because I think that is going to be something we need to unpack with you, um, Santosh. Okay. Let me come to Victor Shapofia in terms of getting your uh, thoughts on, on what is happening here. As you could hear from uh, Santosh, uh, highlighting this issue is not just around the intra-politics of uh, the Pan-African Parliament, but are extended to, to regional politics. Um, thank you very much for having me. Uh, I, I think that this is just the tip of an iceberg of uh, the problems that Africa in general is facing in terms of leadership. Uh, because I would understand that the uh, Pan-African Parliament is supposed to be a representative body for the people of Africa. Uh, it doesn't matter which country you come from. It doesn't matter which uh, block you come from. Everybody is supposed to have a voice in there. So the issue of uh, rotation of presidency, it should come without 
questioning. Uh, it should not be something that anybody should be doubting or second-guessing. Uh, but we've seen that uh, since its establishment, um, the Pan-African Parliament has had uh, five presidents so far, and we've had none from the Northern Bloc and none from the Southern Bloc. Uh, for me, I think that's an, an issue of concern. That's an issue of concern because if you look at the uh, the, the, the Constitutive Act of, of the AAU itself, uh, it does bring in the spirit of rotation. There's supposed to be rotation of leadership uh, for it to be a truly uh, representative body for the people of Africa. Um, and as I said before, it's a tip of an iceberg because that's the challenge we have in a lot of African countries, the poor, uh, the failing to abide by laws, because these are laws that are already established. Uh, it's not like something new is being formulated here. These are things that were constituted uh, as far back as 2001, uh, uh, but it's still uh, a, a challenge. It's absolutely a challenge because what you're seeing here is the Eastern and Western Caucasus adamant that there's no authorities that allow the sudden change in the voting uh, system. However, the, the Southern Caucus is pushing for this rotational leadership that was expanded upon mm-hmm. there by our guest Santosh. Um, how critical is that particular d- divide, Victor? It, 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 it is a serious divide, and as I said, it's a reflection of what's happening in different uh, political, uh, in different countries in Africa. And uh, I should say this, uh, one challenge that I would see is that uh, the, the influence of uh, the Western blocs in terms of the Western countries and Eastern countries on African countries is still very heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, a united Africa is something that the West would not want to see. And uh, you, if you can see that uh, most of the countries in the east, northern bloc or eastern bloc, uh, western bloc, these are francophone countries, and most of the countries in the southern bloc are anglophone countries. And uh, all these people that once colonized us, they've got different agendas that they still want to achieve in Africa. And uh, we've seen that they do the divide and rule. Uh, kind of uh, policy. So they would, they would make the Eastern Bloc, the Western Bloc, fight against the Southern Bloc and the Eastern Bloc. And we don't see it, unfortunately. If you look at uh, the wars that are happening in different countries in Africa, it's because of the influence that's there from the West, but our leaders are not able to see it. And even in this row that's happened at the Pan-African Parliament, I would not doubt that there is uh, a, a, an influence from the neo-colonizers on what's happening because they don't want to see a united Africa. And we don't realize that unless we're united as Africa and then we speak one voice uh, through the Pan-African Parliament, then we cannot develop as a continent. Mm, let me take a quick break. That's the voice of Victor Chipofia, independent political analyst, joining us on the line. And also we're joined by a former member of the Pan-African Parliament, Santosh Finita uh, Kalen, who is uh, joining us for this uh, conversation. Uh, Santosh, I'll come to you and Victor just to get uh, you to expound on that particular issue of these divides and, and the intra-politics that we're seeing. Do they have that uh, colonial uh, backdrop that Victor is talking about? We'll deal with that after our break. When I think back to my childhood, geographically, it reminds me of a time where I was black and only black and only struggling. 
but at the same time always reaching for something more something bigger in a South Africa that was hostile Hello Africa This is 1000 African Voices and I'm your host Avurengwi Join me on Channel Africa every Thursday morning between 8 and 9 and on Saturday and Sunday morning between 9 and 10 Rise Africa Rise Channel Africa from an African perspective Change Your Game is a weekly entrepreneurial program that targets entrepreneurs, especially youth on the African continent. Last year, Google named me as one of the brightest young minds in the world. The program seeks to portray various opportunities and options that are available for entrepreneurs. I came up with the way for the world not to pass. It focuses and highlights real issues concerning entrepreneurship. There are so many people whose potential is still untapped. At Change Your Game, we believe entrepreneurs are the key drivers of tomorrow's African innovations and essential to creating a thriving African economy. Channel Africa, the African perspective. Indeed, you are listening to Channel Africa. This is African Dialogue, where we come to you every Monday to Friday to bring context to the big issues on the African continent. Today, we're looking at the madness that has been taking place. It is madness, really. I mean, yesterday you saw an elderly man uh, trying to to kick. The, the fellow uh, female Pan-African Parliament member. It was horrific seeing those uh, images indeed. And uh, uh, we want to see new um, leadership that is going to take the continent forward at this very critical time of COVID-19. Definitely, this is insights for us ordinary citizens to show us that leadership has a different direction in terms of where we want them uh, to go. So we're discussing what's happening here, what's causing uh, this uh, a mess that we saw at uh, the Pan-African Parliament in Midrand, Johannesburg, South Africa yesterday. If you're just joining us now, we're joined by Santosh Venetia Kalan, who is a former a member of the Pan-African Parliament. And uh, we also have Victor Chipofia, who's an independent political analyst. Santosh, let's come to you because there are these um, issues that have to do with either ethnicity, uh, regional politics, and also the fact that uh, we only seeing the dominance of a particular grouping in terms of uh, the leadership structures of the Pan-African Parliament. Uh, you wanted to go into these politics. Can you expand on that? Well, the African continent is divided into five regions. And... Um, The way the African Union operates is that every region gets a chance to show its leadership. So, likewise, at the Pan-African Parliament, for the bureau positions, which is the president, and for vice presidents, they are elected on a regional basis. So the South has not had a chance since the inception of the Pan-African Parliament to hold the position of presidency. Now, it was if we adhered to the principle of rotation, it should actually be the, 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 the chance for the North to assume uh, presidency. But the Northern Caucus indicated that they did not have a preferred 
candidate and therefore conceded that the next uh, region on the list should assume the presidency, which is the South. But there are mm. individuals and, and mm. unfortunately, one would classify it in terms of language. The Francophone countries have formed a very powerful bloc and no doubt there is influence from outside of Africa uh, that funding the campaign to destabilize the elections at the moment. Mm. Okay, this is uh, a bit of a big consequential moment for the Pan-African Parliament. And let me move this question to you, Victor, in terms of the consequences of this suspension. Because as we heard from uh, that uh, story that from, was from our SABC reporter, Noma Bolani, is that uh, this... The, the the proceedings could take place late in the year, I mean, maybe in the next two months in August or so. Um, what does that particular delay mean for the functioning of this parliament? Because already this parliament has a lot of critics saying it's a toothless body. It's because of these scuffles. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's an unfortunate uh, uh, issue that has happened because uh, they... Pan-African Parliament was established for a reason. It's not just there for the sake of it. And the reason is to create an African economic community so that different African countries could be able to benefit. The reason they sit and meet is to make decisions on behalf of the people of Africa. And they cannot meet without leadership. They cannot meet without having a president. Now they've got an acting president. But there's a reason why the laws were established. There's a reason why the supposed to be election. There's a reason why they're supposed to have a president and four vice presidents from each block. And now the fact that that is not there now, it does uh, derail the uh, economic progress of African countries that have already been hit hard. Um, the, the last year was some issues of COVID-19. A lot of economies have collapsed. This is time that the parliament would have been sitting, making decisions on how African countries can rebuild themselves and become a better and a stronger block. Because if you look at uh, other institutions like the EU, you never hear such things that are happening. And you see their countries are blossoming economically. And then we wonder here in Africa why we're still stagnating in poverty. is because of uh, uh, issues like this where we're failing to even just agree on what's already been written down in principle. And uh, so the consequence is that African countries will continue to get a hard hit economically. Absolutely. Um, Santosh, what, what are your thoughts on, on, on the consequences of this um, uh, suspension of, of this sitting? Uh, one would have thought that this would have been a, a very critical year for the Pan-African Parliament to get things right, considering the current challenges we are facing in this pandemic. Yes, it's, uh, it's actually of concern. Uh, there is currently... Uh, a lacuna in the bureau of the Pan-African Parliament. Mm. The, the, the situation is like this. If your country goes into an election, then on the day that your country goes to uh, an election, you lose your membership of the Pan-African Parliament. 
So as a result, the three vice presidents, um, sorry, the president and two vice presidents, countries went into election and therefore they lost their seat. Mm. So the incumbent, um, uh, Honorable uh, Churambira, he was the fourth vice president. He then became the acting president. And it was hoped that his passage to uh, the presidency would be smooth and uh, because he's from the south and he has been endorsed by the southern region. However, the, the complications are not completely unexpected. As I said, having been in the Pan-African Parliament for 10 years, one always knows what the political agendas are uh, that are at play. So... Um, there are several ways in which this can be addressed now. The members from the Western Bloc uh, were insisting that the African Union come and conduct the elections. Uh, that is one option, <laughs> that the, that the uh, legal uh, division of the African Union can either by Zoom or in person conduct the elections. However, the time is very short, and with the COVID implications of travel, etc., I don't think that's going to happen now. Mm. The second second option is that the, 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 there is a provision in the rules that a special uh, a meeting, an extraordinary session of Pan-African Parliament can occur. Normally, it happens twice a year, in May and in October. However, if there is matters of importance, pressing importance, a special or extraordinary meeting can take place. And uh, so if the acting president feels that he wants to exercise that rule in the, in the handbook, he can call a special sitting maybe in August for the express purpose of uh, uh, conducting elections. Because the bureau has to be fully functional in order to carry out the match. Mm-hmm. And then the third option would be when they sit in October, when it's the normal sitting in October, that the first order of business would be to elect a bureau. But there's a lacuna, and I think the matter has got to be treated with a little bit of urgency because there are so many critical matters that all the parliaments can actually help out with it, notwithstanding the most important thing about coming together for the vaccines uh, to, to deal with COVID on the continent. Accessibility, availability, uh, you know, these are the model law on health regulatory products is a mm. very important piece of law, model law that the Pan-African Parliament is dealing with. Yeah. So with this lacuna in the, in the leadership, yeah. it's actually hampering uh, the work. All right, Victor, let me get a final sentiment uh, on a way forward. Uh, we're going to bring in our foreign uh, desk uh, editor here at SABC. But before I do that, I just want to get your, your, your final sentiments, Victor. Well, uh, the, the, my final statements would be um, we need to bring sanity in our leadership in Africa. Uh, what has happened at the Pan-African Parliament has shown us that greed and individual interest is what dominates uh, uh, the minds of most of our leaders. Because if we truly were to think uh, as 
Africanness, Pan-Africanness, as the name suggests, we would put Africa first. We should not put each block first. We should not say what, whether the South benefits, the North or the Eastern, but we should look at Africa. And therefore, we should deal with greed. Unless we deal with greed and individual, individualism, we cannot develop as a continent. So we, that's a deep issue that we need to deal with as a, as a continent. Well, thank you so much to Victor Chipofia, independent political analyst, giving us their time. Former member of the Pan-African Parliament, Santosh Finita Kailan, was also giving us her insights in terms of understanding the mechanics and also the politics within the Pan-African Parliament. Thank you both for giving us your time. Thank you very much. Well, let's uh, now move on to our uh, senior uh, journalist and foreign desk editor here at the SABC who's been following um, this particular Pan-African sitting from last week. Uh, Sophie, thank you for giving us your time here on Channel Africa. Thank you. It's been dramatic, Sophie. I mean, you have been looking at all of this drama that's unfolding before us, and it seems like uh, things are going to be stale once again within uh, the Pan-African Parliament. Where to from here? Have you had any idea from today in terms of what we can anticipate uh, within the Pan-African Parliament moving forward? You know, I, well, I'm not traumatic uh, that, because this is the nature of heated debate. Mm. If you look on social media, there are many, many clips that are doing the rounds from around the world in different parliaments where things get heated. Even in the context of the South African parliament, we've seen this. And that is why the channel for parliament in South Africa has such a high viewership now. Mm. In other words, people understand that at times people can feel so strong and passionate about certain issues that it may literally descend to what we saw at the Pan-African Parliament without uh, condoning what happened. But it does happen. Mm. It was not the first time. It is not going to be the last time. Uh, Mm. The issue here for me is some of how we handle issues might be questionable. But to see a Pan-African parliament really debating an issue, it might not be of interest to me or to you or to other people of system of voting. It's quite important because look at South Africa right now. People are calling for a new electoral act, you know, and voting system based on their experiences in terms of what has transpired since Mm, 1994. mm, mm. And that is why the Constitutional Court ruled recently that the uh, Electoral Act must be amended so that you accommodate really the will of the people in terms of the PR list and also in terms of people who are directly elected Mm. by ordinary people. Mm. Democracy is evolving. Absolutely. In African Parliament, the same is happening. Now we have this crop of young people who are really tired based on their experiences mm. in terms of what has been happening in, 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 on the continent, issues of uh, illegitimate uh, government, the coup, dictatorship, and all of that. So it, it, for me, I locate this debate along those lines, a reawakening mm. of some on the continent. And of course, it will be certain regions and the others resisting change. 
Uh, Sophie, with that said, it's a, a critical moment, which has been long going. I mean, you've been attending the, the Pan-African Parliament for years now on the issue of uh, the ratifications within um, the, the African Union level to give this particular uh, parliamentary body some teeth is, is so essential for it to be a legislative body. It seems like that is also in, cont- in contestation here, uh, looking at these issues of uh, of leadership how do you make sense of of that element of things that the administrative side is being contested here i think this has put the pan-african parliament high on the agenda of the au Mm. the heads of state meeting or summit mid-term that is supposed to be somewhere in june or july Mm. i think this time around it will be virtual we'll have to put the Pan-African Parliament high on the agenda, looking at uh, the Malabo uh, protocol, so that they can ratify the protocol. Those countries must finally ratify the protocol, so that you have uh, a situation where uh, the members of Pan-African Parliament have uh, powers to go and do oversight work in countries. Mm. And two, this issue of rotation, it is accommodated there, but because most of the countries haven't ratified the, the Malabo uh, protocol, now you have this problem. So I think perhaps this ruction or this whole uh, uh, incident, you know, terrible incident, of course, mm. will lead to where we really discuss the role of the Pan-African Parliament, but also now countries will wake up and send people who have grasped of Pan-African Parliament, the Constitutive Act of the AU, and the, the rules and functions of AU, what was envisaged when mm. this Pan-African Parliament was launched. Not dump the reject from your parliament. Bring your best, you know, the strongest people who have grasp of issues, people who are serious about Africa. Mm. Don't bring people, you know, failed politicians. It's not a dumping ground. It's not <laughs> supposed to be a dumping, a dumping uh, ground. Well, just to end up this conversation with you, Sophie, you and uh, Norma have been doing some fantastic work letting us understand briefly what's happening uh, within this Pan-African Parliament and what was interesting earlier on when we were listening to Norma's uh, um, package was that she was citing what could be expected in the next coming months. Where to from here since uh, this meeting has been suspended? There was an announcement by the clerk of the Pan-African Parliament that uh, the institution will resume in October. But there are those who are saying maybe January. We don't know. And you must also take into consideration the issue of the pandemic. We don't know whether we will really reach that uh, third wave and the impact thereof. Mm. But the intention is to convene in October. That will be good because they have enough time now to go and deal with these issues and also lobby their respective countries to take a position uh, on ratifying the Malabo uh, uh, protocol. And also uh, the the very same member countries can then lobby uh, respective countries to to, to ask the summit, mid-term summit of the AU 
to send a resolution, clear resolution adopted by the summit in terms of uh, how elections should be handled, whether it should be a rotation system or what. This is an opportunity for real politicians who understand their role at the Pan-African Parliament to go back to their respective countries, to go and lobby their respective countries when they go to, when the heads of state, mm. heads of state meet uh, midterm. Mm. This resolution must be uh, put before uh, the summit so that it has got credibility and and, and you know the the, the the strength you know and the support of uh, uh, heads of state and government. Well, thank you so much, Sophie, for giving us your time. Uh, you've been in the center of all the action, so we appreciate you uh, lending us your expertise here on Channel Africa. Thank you. African Dialogue, looking at different events in depth, discussing a variety of issues. What we see here is a clear violation of one, the rights to privacy of Tiwonge and uh, Stephen. The position of Greenpeace is that it's been a disappointing meeting.